0: Precisely what steps do you need to take to craft your perfect product pages?
1: You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits.
0: Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing focus podcast. If you're not familiar with what we do here, each month we focus on a different marketing method. This month it's content marketing. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making that marketing work for you. This month we're all about content marketing and I do take a pretty wide view of content. So we'll be covering a whole wide range of topics across this and the next four episodes. We're starting with the all-important but far too often neglected product page. That page where you're featuring your product, where the buying journey gets really exciting. They've come through your website. They come from your marketing. They've got to that page where the product is listed. What needs to be on that page to make sure the customer checks out? That is what we're exploring in today's episode with uh, a guest who This is what she does. She perfects product listing pages. She perfects them for many, many businesses around the world, has amazing reviews on her site from all her happy customers. And she is about to share with you the steps you need to go through to make your product pages phenomenal. We're going to meet her in a second, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS marketing platform that helps you send messages like an e-commerce expert, even if you're just getting started. Create your free account at klaviyo.com masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with content marketing expert, Emma Shermer Tamir. Emma has been crafting the copy that turns browsers into buyers since 2014. At her agency, Marketing by Emma, they help e-commerce brands by creating the perfect copy at every and quite frankly, any point that copy is required with a particularly impressive track record in product pages. Hello, Emma.
1: Hello, Chloe. Thank you so much for having me here today. I am delighted to be speaking with you about crafting winning product pages.
0: I am really pleased to have you here because I think it's one of those, the product page is one of those content elements that often gets neglected when it comes to people's own websites. They tend to just kind of write a sentence and just forget about it. It's mad.
1: It's so funny when you think about it because pretty much all of your efforts ultimately lead if you, you know if you're selling something they ultimately lead to the sales page that is then meant to do the heavy lifting of making sure that person converts into a customer or leaves their details or whatever it may be. So it is such a crucial piece of all of these different things that you're doing. And yet so often it is either treated as an afterthought or like it's not as an important piece of things. And it it is. And I hope that after this conversation, people both, can appreciate the impact that a well-done product page can have on their business and also maybe feel a little bit more empowered to understand how to go about it. Because I think that's at the core of it, which is people can get a little bit lost and overwhelmed and confused about how to even go about crafting a product page. And I think when we don't understand something, it's a, a natural response to make it seem less important in some ways.
0: Oh, so true. And I think it's one of those areas where because you tend to have a, a, quite a few product pages, people go, well, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So I can't see any point in doing any of it because it's not like you're doing the homepage where there's just one of them. You've got all of them. But anyway, we are going to get deep into all of that in a moment. But first off, Emma, how did you end up specializing in content marketing and in such a, such a key area of it?
1: I really sort of fell into it in a lot of ways. And frankly, I fell into the marketing space as a whole. Uh, Growing up, I was always a really strong writer, but I was endlessly curious and didn't, I was never one of those people that had a certainty of this is what I'm meant to do. And so I bounced around a lot, but regardless of what position I was in, even during college, I, whenever my employers would discover that I could write, suddenly they'd be tasking me with things like newsletters and blogs. And so the more that I was given those kinds of responsibilities, the more that I started to explore and learn about, obviously just wanting to do as good of a job as I possibly could about the marketing space. And I realized that what was so special about it is that I could still indulge all of my curiosity because it gives me an opportunity to learn about really any subject, not only whatever category a product or company might be operating in, but also you know what what elements of human psychology can we um, sort of I don't want to say take advantage of because that sounds manipulative and nasty, but be aware of and maybe utilize in a positive way to help achieve whatever goals it is that this business is is trying to accomplish. And so that is sort of how the early days transpired. But it wasn't until I met my husband, actually, that I started to consider the idea of going out and starting my own business. And it was fully his idea. And from our second or third date, he was already pushing me uh, to leave my job and let him introduce me and send out my, you know, resume and everything to his contacts. And I'm saying, no, no. And, uh, eventually he grew tired of waiting for me to agree. So while I was away on a business trip, he sent out uh, a bunch of emails. And when I came back, I had a list of people that were expecting to connect with me about how Marketing by Emma could help them with their company on Monday. So it's just, it's been a wild adventure. Uh, And uh, a lot of the credit is definitely due to my husband and business partner errors
0: Well, thank you to him because I guess if he hadn't have pushed you in that direction, you wouldn't be here today to share um, this great insight with us. So the product page, what are the key things we need to get right on there? What is it that helps us? You know, you, you said earlier about you know people don't know what they need to do, therefore they don't
1: bother doing it. So what, what do we need to know? What do we need to do? So first we need to do some homework. And we need to do some homework in a few different areas to really make sure that we have all of the information that we know need to know so that by the time we sit down to write about the product and the brand, we have that background information to help inform what it is that we're trying to achieve. And so there are a few main pieces. The first is we need to have a really strong understanding of who you are as a brand. Because the clearer you can be about that, the easier it will be to understand what how to use language in a way that reflects that. So if you are a business and you are really committed to sustainability and inclusivity and you want to be a warm, welcoming, safe space for maybe people that haven't felt like they've been represented in a... Uh, traditional advertising so you want to be a space that that welcomes everybody so that's your core mission and that's critical really for every aspect of your business. But the reason why that's important for something like creating copy for your product page is now you need to take that information and transform it into a written voice. So how can you capture that essence, that core messaging, that vision that you have and translate it into the written word in a way that's going to be inviting in a way that's going to reinforce all of these Things that you've outlined as objectives for your business. So that's one piece of things. Now, another piece is you need to have that same depth of understanding about your customer. And a lot of times, especially when people are starting out, When we talk about understanding your customer, there tends to be a fear of wanting to get too specific. And so it's like, oh, well, anybody could use this product. And the broader that you are with that answer, the less specific that you're going to be able to be and the less convincing and persuasive you're going to be with your copy. So you need to understand who is your customer on a deeper level, what do they care about, and also where are they right now and how did they get to this point so is is your product page is the primary way that people are entering it through a social media Add that sending them directly to your product page. And so is your product page really needing to function not only as just a description of the product itself, but might it also need to give a broader context for who you are as a business and really serve as a one stop resource so that by the time they get to the bottom of the page, they have all the information that they need to know to make an informed decision? Or are they coming from Google? You know, there's all these different places that somebody might be entering into the product page. And you need to be considering that as well when you go about crafting the copy and determining what needs to be included.
0: I love that, Emma, because I think a lot of people think, oh, she's going to talk, you know, when she said, what, what do we need to do? The first thing is, oh, you need to write a good title. You need to write a good description. No, everyone, it starts way before that. You've got to understand the brand. You've got to understand the customer, where they're coming from. And I guess all of that then enables you, once we've done that homework, can we start writing or is there more to do?
1: I think at this point you can begin to to brainstorm. It's still not quite ready to write yet. So now we have to think about Where is the customer in terms of their knowledge of whatever it is you're selling and what do they need to know? in order to have that sense of confidence and trust and excitement to want to purchase from you. And those are all really important elements. And I think sometimes, especially when you're selling online only and you don't have an opportunity to engage face-to-face with customers, you can operate in somewhat of a vacuum where you get lost in the details about your product because you're spending all of this time maybe really making sure that Every single element is perfect. And so to you, it really matters that the zipper is chrome plated and is X, Y, and Z. And perhaps that's a detail that the customer needs to know at this point of time And maybe it's not. Maybe that's actually a detail that would delight them when they get the product home or a week later when you're sending an email and talking about, did you know that you can also do this and this with your product? And so really thinking about what is the mindset of the customer now? What are the things that they need to know? What are the decisions and details that they might be weighing as they're going about making this decision? And also, is this something that's a little bit more of an impulsive buy, or is this something that maybe they're investing a lot of time and effort into researching? And so there's also different types of customers that have different buying habits, and you want to be able to effectively communicate with all of those different levels so that whether they're a more casual shopper or whether they're really doing their homework and doing lots of research, they can be satisfied. They can easily find the information they need. And and ultimately all of those would be adding to cart and then eventually not just adding to cart, but purchasing. So what do I mean when I'm saying figuring out what they need to know? Sometimes those are really basic features. So it might just be something like is this compatible with the device that they're trying to use it with? Or what are the dimensions, especially if they have a small space that they need to store it in or they're wanting an item that's portable. So all of those details might not be exciting selling points but are vital pieces of information for a customer to be able to know whether this meets their needs. And a lot of times they need to know that first before they can dive into the more exciting details. So not only do you want to present that information, but you want to make it really easy for them to find that information. So really just creating a list of all of the different details about your product and then starting to think about, okay, what makes sense to present now? And then after you've determined that, we can start to get more into the creativity and the writing side of things.
0: I love that you're saying about what to present now, because I, I can imagine, you know, with some products, maybe you've got a sofa and it's how to style the sofa. Actually, how to style the sofa comes in the research process, so not on the product page. And might come in the post-purchase activity, but not on the product page because that could be a distraction. They get distracted from the sofa and go off looking for sofas for cushions and throws and things. So I love that. What do they need to know now? It's such an important thing because it's not—it's not a case of let's brainstorm everything we could possibly put on a product page and find a way of jamming it in there.
1: Yes, and you mentioned something so important—that distractibility element, which is huge attention is something that we're all trying to vie for and it's really difficult to get and so once you have it you want to make sure that you hold on to that attention as strong as you possibly can until you get the desired outcome that you're looking for and so you don't want to send them off with their mind wandering you want to say you came here because you were curious about this let me help you understand why this product in particular definitely meets your the needs of that. And it also is great for this, this, and this. You're not going to regret this purchase. And then something that's maybe a little bit of a, of a teaser for another important element is, but if you do regret it, we'll be here for you. Because that's the other really important part of this relationship building that you're doing, which is you have to establish trust and you have to make people feel confident, not just that your product is high quality and going to fit their needs, but that you as a business have their best interest in mind, that you're not trying to sell them something that's not the right fit, that you are going to be available if there is an issue, that you are selling a a high quality product that's going to be safe for them to bring into their homes. So all of these details matter and there are, are a variety of different ways that we can help to communicate this and then reinforce that through a product page, but it's so important to be considering right from the very beginning.
0: I'm glad you said there's a number of ways we could do that because it strikes me that that whilst you know your role, Emma, is, is generally, I would guess, to write the copy. Some of these elements we might find a better communicator to the customer with a button, or you know, or a logo, or a a graphic, or a video. So how do you work out what becomes copy? And what you feed back to the team as being, we could do with a video around this, or we could do with a flag on the site that says 28 day delivery, or, or whatever it may be. How do you work out what should be, how, how it should all fit, I guess, onto that product page?
1: Yeah, fantastic question. So there are times when only one way is the best way, but a lot of times my belief is that the most important things, you should communicate them in a few different ways. So if you're saying that this product is can be used for these things and it has these benefits, then also how can you communicate and reinforce that messaging visually? So can you have a video that has some captions on it that are going to even, so you have the visuals demonstrating that, and then you have the captions that are also ensuring that even if somebody's listening and there's no sound, um, or sorry, watching, I suppose, they wouldn't be listening if there's no sound, Uh, (laughs) but consuming that piece of content, they're getting the message that you want them to get. And so it's not so much almost thinking about these as separate, whether it's images or video, but how can you actually use these other types of content and combine them with copy to make them even stronger? So even going back to a really sort of basic detail, like the dimensions of a product. Some people don't have great spatial knowledge, myself included, which means that if I see dimensions written down, it's very difficult for me to conceptualize what that actually means in real life. But if I'm able to go to the images and one of the images is of the product and it has the dimensions written, but it also has it next to something familiar that I can use as a gauge of a rough idea of what the size is, then I have more confidence in understanding Those dimensions. And then on top of that, maybe I think of a little phrase that I can also edit into that image that is going to speak to the broader benefit of why uh, these particular dimensions are so ideal for this product. And that's just one example of that. But I'm always amazed by how often companies invest in really fantastic, beautiful lifestyle images and video and then don't use any text at all, which means that they're essentially kind of unleashing this content onto the customer and saying, here, Determine what this means for you. And you might see this photo and assume that it's communicating one thing. And I might look at it and interpret it completely differently. And that's normal because photos can communicate so much. And so by having a little bit of copy there, you're actually able to make sure that you're controlling that message. And so no matter who looks at the photo, everybody is interpreting it the way that you intended it to be interpreted.
0: Yeah, I, I love that idea of putting text on on photos, especially when it comes down to sizing. One of the things I'm I'm thinking about because I'm busy shopping around for at the moment is my diary for, for 2022. Yes, I still use a paper diary, everybody. Um, because I have I have a lovely leather case I like to put it into, which is about the size of a passport. And the number of sites I'm on looking at a diary, thinking, oh, that looks perfect. I have to get the ruler out to see if it will fit. Whereas if, on, <laughs> if they said passport sized on the image, I wouldn't need to get the ruler out. And it's that simple. It would help me on the buying experience. Oh God, I'd love that. But I digress.
1: Um, No, that's, you know, I want to actually dig into that for a moment because I think you said something really important there. And it kind of goes back to what we were discussing at the more towards the beginning of this conversation, which is understanding the customer and what they want and need to know. And so if you're just selling your product and you're thinking, okay, well, the dimensions, those are clear enough. That's what people want to know. You may be totally out of sync with how customers are actually thinking about your product. And so maybe rather than just listing the dimensions, people would naturally search for passport sized or notebook sized or you know some of these different more generalized terms that still mean something specific and so if you are selling to a customer that is beyond what you would consider to be yourself to be as a customer, then you're going to need to really familiarize yourself with how your customers talk, the kind of language that they use. And one of the best things that you can do for that is social media will be your friend. Go find groups that are dedicated to topics related to the category that you're selling to. Go find YouTube influencers that are giving reviews about products related to the products that you're selling and start to really develop a vocabulary for this type of product and not just the vocabulary, but then the way that people are using that vocabulary so that you're really able to put your copy together in a way that will feel authentic and in a way that people will really be able to relate to more strongly.
0: Love it. Look, Emma, there's something I have to ask you about before we head towards the insider tip section, which is I know that you do an awful lot of work on Amazon product pages, which I would assume is a lot more cutthroat and optimizable a space, I suppose, than the own site product pages. So is there anything, any key lessons you've learned when doing the Amazon ones that we can bring into our own site product pages as well?
1: Fantastic question. I think one of the main things that sets Amazon apart is The need to really reinforce your differentiators and what makes you unique and special is so much more vital, but it is still very important to do within your own page. The difference is is that when you're selling on your own website, you get to control everything that's on that site. So if people are wanting to compare your product, they're going to have to go elsewhere. Whereas with Amazon, Amazon, They have a huge marketplace and when you search a term into their search bar, then you have hundreds, thousands maybe even of options that you might be comparing against. And so to be successful on Amazon, you need to be able to do all these things that we already discussed, but you also really need to understand where you fit into the competitive landscape and be really clear about what makes you different so that you can make sure that customers have a clear understanding of why they should purchase your product rather than the sea of other options that awaits them within, within that website.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that, Emma. Well, look, right now we're going to pause for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of content marketing. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships get started with a free account at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Emma, so far we've gone very deep, marvellously deep into product pages. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of content marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with content marketing, which of course does include product pages. Emma, are you ready?
1: I am ready, Chloe. Let's do this.
0: Cool. Let's start with content marketing newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with content marketing, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success?
1: They need to really lean into this concept that I actually just mentioned in discussing what makes Amazon different which is you need to lean into what makes you special. You need to boldly embrace what sets you apart from everybody else because we are all as customers looking for something that we can relate to, that we can feel excited about, not just the product, but the brand behind it, something that we want to tell our friends and family about. And so the more that you can lean into that, which again, it can be scary, so it requires Some bravery to do that. But the more that you can do that, the stronger relationships that you'll be able to forge with your customers and the better job you'll be able to do at really creating your own space within the market.
0: Nice. I love that. It's all about what makes you special. Okay. Once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So, what's your favorite way to improve content marketing performance?
1: My favorite way to improve content marketing performance is to really work with the feedback that you have. And even if you don't have feedback yet, there are great ways to still act as if you do which is you can go and look at your competitors reviews and see what customers are writing and saying about their product and their company so let's say that maybe you just launched you don't really have much feedback yet but you you are still wanting to know how can you be more responsive to what customers are looking for how can you engage more deeply so by going and looking at your competitors reviews you'll be able to kind of peer into the minds of your potential customers and then utilize that information to further optimize whether it's your product page or your home page or anything else so maybe you see that in your competitors reviews everybody's commenting about how they use your product in a way that you hadn't really thought or anticipated. So take that information and maybe use it as a selling point and say, and you can also use it this way. And if nobody else is really mentioning that, then you've created a new strong selling point that you see there is some indications that it's what people want and then really use that to more strongly communicate your message. I love that. Not least because that's something we can use, even if we haven't started yet.
0: So it's like optimization before you've got anything to optimize. Brilliant. Um, (laughs) If someone listening wants to learn more about content marketing, is there one cheap or free resource you'd recommend?
1: So my approach is a little bit different, which I think the, I'm going to say two things actually, which might be cheating a little bit. But the first thing I would really encourage you to do is Engage with yourself as a customer. So start looking at the world through the eyes of you are a customer, you are the person that all these companies are trying to sell to, and then get curious about everything you're consuming. So whether you're scrolling through Instagram late at night and you're getting ads for things, what are these ads trying to do? what do you like about them? What don't you like about them? If you're watching a TV and a commercial comes on and just really start to bring curiosity to what other companies are doing with all of the marketing that you're consuming is going to be so valuable. And so then what I would do is I would pair that with some learning about human psychology, because the thing is, is that Humans, a lot of times, while we think that they operate logically, they really don't. And so the more insight you can get into how the human mind weighs different types of decisions and operates, the more confidently you'll be able to then sit down and do whatever kind of writing it is that you need to do. So one book in particular that I really love is called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. And it's one of my favorite books. I was actually just telling myself that I think it's time for me to reread it because it's been a couple of years and it's just so packed full of uh, wisdom and really fantastic information.
0: An excellent answer. And not cheating at all by giving us two there, Emma. That was actually (laughs) perfect. Okay. It's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for with our content marketing?
1: So I think one of the things that is really starting to finally make more headway, at least in the States, is social selling. So live, in-person selling, whether it's on like Amazon has their own platform for this, but it's, it's happening other places as well. And so while it may not be realistic for you to be able to do that on your own website, how can you perhaps take some of those ideas and elements and even uh, integrate that into your website? So maybe it's having some more YouTube review style content or, you know, like, you QVC type of content that's demoing your product and really talking about it in a way that's personable or engaging. Or maybe it is finding platforms like TikTok is 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 really continuing to be more and more monetizable. And so there are these different ways to be able to have live in-person engagements with potential customers. And so thinking about if you can meet them there. And then if not, how you can bring some of those concepts into what you're doing with your business, I think will be really huge.
0: I love that. Awesome. Awesome advice there. Well, Emma, we're very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business if they want to get in touch for your help?
1: Definitely. Our website is marketingbyemma.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash marketingbyemma. And really on either of those two platforms, you'll be able to find all of the other ways to communicate with us, whether you prefer WhatsApp or email. Uh, We also offer a free analysis of either an Amazon listing or a product page. So if you've listened to all of this and you're just like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what all of this should actually be looking like. If you fill out that form, we're happy to provide you with some feedback of our observations and thoughts about what you might want to do to strengthen your product page or Amazon listing. Uh, and then whether you just want to take that and run and do it yourself or you'd like to hire us to get our help with that, either way, we're delighted and we just want to make sure that you are as successful as possible.
0: Wow, that's a top offer. I hope everyone listening is going to go and bombard Emma with requests for product (laughs) page reviews now, because I think you'd be crazy if you didn't do that. Um, Emma, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. You have been so clear and so in depth on what we need to do with our product pages. I really hope that by having you on here, we've inspired lots of people to go and get their product pages sorted. So thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you, Chloe. This was a blast. Can I say one more quick little tip? Uh, Please do. Okay. So I would encourage you to find some brand crushes. So those brands that you're just like, oh my gosh, they're doing such cool things. Like I have a few myself. Um, I think Allbirds is a really incredible brand, Girlfriend Collective. uh, And there are a few more like that, that they are just changing the way that we Interact with brands, and that we communicate together. And having those can be really helpful when you're feeling lost and you're not sure of what to do or how to say things, or maybe you just need a little bit of inspiration to take that uh, bold step to really fully commit to what makes you special. Oh,
0: I love that, Emma. You've just added even more uh, value to this episode. <laughs> so thank you so much for being
1: here. Thank you, Chloe. This was fantastic. I am just so happy that we got to talk about all of this.
0: What brilliant insight there from Emma. And I love that all that homework element she was talking about. If you get that right, all the rest of your content marketing be it content you're writing for emails, stuff you're writing for the blog, stuff you're writing for social will be so much easier and so much more cohesive if you do those pieces. They are investments they're going to pay off again and again. Now, also there, Emma mentioned um, about her great offer of doing a free review of either either an Amazon product listing or a product page on your website. I will add something to that and say, if you're going to do that, use one of your best-selling products, submit that one for the review, because that is going to very quickly help you increase your sales when you implement what she suggests. And then in her crystal ball moment, she was talking about live stream commerce, where you're, that social selling she mentioned, and TikTok. We did episodes on both those topics earlier this year. You can catch our TikTok episode is number 58 and our live stream commerce episode is number 60. So if you're like, oh, that sounds interesting, then go and have a listen to those. That's 58 and 60. Just scroll back through or from the website, navigate to those and you'll be able to listen to those as well. So you can get um, all our notes about this episode, the full transcript, all the links, all of that is at keepoptimizing.com. And because it's December, we're not doing a QA and a webinar with our content marketing guests because quite frankly, none of us want to be on a webinar between Christmas and New Year. But what you can do whilst we're not doing that webinar is you can go and see all the Q&A webinars we've done this year. You can watch all those replays at keepoptimizing.com. Just click on topics and pick the topic you're interested in. Scroll down the page and click play on the big video. It's as easy as that. Isn't it? You don't have to give us your email address or anything, but I do recommend you give us your email address because then you'll get all the other stuff we share that's going to help you grow your business. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. Stay tuned next week for more content marketing goodness. And if you know someone who's particularly interested in content marketing at the moment, please do let them know we're covering it because this show exists to help you and them improve their marketing. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at KeepOptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.